following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Your NBA champion edition of the Intentional Foul podcast, the Milwaukee Bucks. Surreal? Still soaking it up? Yeah, it's, did you wake up and have to, you know, smack yourself a little bit, pinches and all that? A little bit, man. Yeah. A little bit. It's been, uh, it's been a pretty surreal, I guess as we record this, about 20 hours, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, a lot of reminiscing about a lot of stuff, you know, just thinking about being a Bucks fan for the last 35 years, and it's crazy. It's I crazy. think one of my favorite things that came out, and there was a whole lot, and we'll get to it, but one of the things that I thought was cool, and you, you had a lot of things posted and said and, you know, brought up uh, last night into the wee hours of the celebration and whatnot, um... Somebody had posted the side-by-side of Giannis when he was drafted versus the the player that he is now. Mm-hmm. And just the, the difference and, you know, he, he put on a couple inches. I mean, got way muscular and toned up. And I, it, he just looks like a baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, 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 baby. a boy to a man. Yes. You know, li- literally. I, thought, I, I just thought that that was a really cool picture that when, when somebody did the side-by-side and just the fact that I mean, in him and Middleton, those two holdovers from that what fifteen win team or whatever it was. Yep, that's unbelievable. That's unreal. It is. It is. And the Bucks won the world championship. Man, it's crazy. <laughs> I I have to say, of of the three teams that I root the hardest for with for professional, the Bucks, the Brewers, and the Bears. This was number three on the list of who I thought I would ever see win a championship. It was number one who I wanted. I mean, I'm a Bucks fan. As much as I am a die, die, die hard Brewer fan, I'm a bigger Buck fan than I'm a Brewer fan because I'm a bigger basketball fan Correct. than I am a baseball well, fan. Because that's, that, that's your game. Yeah. Um, so they are the team I wanted to see win the most. But, I mean, I, I like I said in our last podcast, I think it's the hardest title to win. Because you have to have a guy, a guy who's and, like yeah. one of the three or four best guys in the league, or you got to be in a big market where it's easy to accumulate two or three really, really high level guys. And that's obviously not Milwaukee, but it's 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 crazy, man. I mean, I, I I've you know I was texting with people last night. I was texting with you, you know, late in the game mm-hmm. and after the game, and like I didn't even really know what to say. You know, like it was, it was emotional. Like you to know. be fair, I don't think you're, you anybody is expecting anyone to react. The right is there any yeah, right yeah, thing? I, I, or I don't right know. Way? Like I, you know, I watched it at home by myself, which is kind of the way I like to watch these games. Yep. Um, you know, and I was like I said, I was texting with people throughout the game, but um, I I didn't really know how to react when it was over. 
I'm sure you've thought about it and yeah, like what yeah. you would, but then you get I, there and you're like, I, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a weird feeling. Kind of snuck up on you. It, it did. And you know, I mean, I, I, we were just watching the replay, you know, of, of people like actually bawling in the stands. Like there was none of that, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got a little, I got a little uh, choked up in some instances. We talked about you and I just a few mm-hmm. minutes ago, you know, Giannis, Immediately going and finding his mom and his brother, and yep. and then you know he he finds his girlfriend and his little boy, and the the moment that him and Middleton and Bud have together, and you know those things are, you know that's why you play, and that's what all that sacrifice that that guys do throughout the course of their careers is is that's what it's for, mm-hmm. you know, and and it you know, and as a fan, I mean, obviously you don't put in that kind of time, effort, and sacrifice, but, you know, you invest a lot of your time, money, emotion, and emotion in, into these teams and these mm-hmm. players, and that's why you, you know, and it's what you love the most about sports, and that's sometimes where with players I get a little confused why they're so, they don't get the visceral reaction when they leave teams. Mm-hmm. This is why. You know, it's because of that that connection that, you know, you can have as a fan and a city can have as, to a team or a state can have to a team. Uh, it's it's hard to explain if you're not a sports fan. Like, I was thinking about it, you know, like if you're a big music guy, I mean, and you love a band, there's no, there's no one thing that band can really do where you're like they're the champions of the band. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not I'm not trying to like denigrate me. I'm just saying it's it's different. Yep. It's just different. And you know, I mean, you've seen the Packers win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but I I I think this is just this is so much different from that because the Packers have been good for 30 years. You know. They've been a contender for what? 24 of the 30 years. Right. So the the buck thing, it's so fresh, it's so new, it's so different. It just, I don't know, it, it just kind of, I, I feel like it's hit people differently, you know. Um, that scene outside of the Fiserv was incredible. I mean, and, and last night, obviously, with letting in the, the extra people, but, you know, I went to game four, and it was it was unbelievable. I went to uh, a couple other series. I went to the the Hawks series, uh, one of the games. It was incredible. The atmosphere was unbelievable. So, um, I don't know. Just just a pretty cool thing all around. They got down two nothing. I saw in the uh, in, in in the recap today after they rattled off four straight wins. They're only the fifth team ever to do that. I didn't realize it had been done as recently as just over a decade ago. Well, the, yeah, the Cavs did it against the, 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 the Warriors right. in 16. Okay. It was when uh, the 73 win Warriors. Okay. Yeah, it was that one. Okay. Um, and then the Heat with Wade in 06. That's, that that's, was the, the, one one, I, that's yeah. the one I was referring to. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I'll just let you kind of, kind of, I guess, recap yeah, I mean, briefly we really, about... The we whole series. We really didn't. We we haven't had a pod no. since the series started. So I mean, you know, they lose one and two on the road, and we were gonna do a podcast last week, and then I think they lost game two, and you're like, I'm not really in the mood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, game one, it, it kind of went the way game ones have gone for the Bucks throughout the playoffs. I mean, it's almost like they they kind of used the first game of the series. They weren't really as concerned about winning it as they were about maybe 
kind of trying to figure out what you're out. doing. Sure, yeah. You know, and they they won game one against Miami when Middleton hits the shot at the buzzer in overtime. Um, but I mean, they very could easily lost. And you know, and then they it seemed like they kind of turned it on as the series went on. Well. Then you get to game two, and they actually played pretty well. The Suns just hit a million threes. They hit 20 threes. Um, So I felt pretty good after that game. I was really very confident that they would win game three. Um, And they did. They won it handily. I think they won by 20. Yep. Um, You know, Giannis has has 40. And it probably should have been more. Yeah, and, you know, Giannis has 40 in game two, and you're like, okay, well, he's obviously – back off of the knee thing because I mean, we have, don't even talk about that. You know, the day of game one, we don't even know if he's playing yet. Right. We don't know, is he going to come back today? Is he going to come back in game three? Like, nobody knows. And all of a sudden he goes from doubtful to questionable to he's starting. And you could tell he was, he didn't know what he could do. He still had like 20 and 18. It's not like he was bad, but he didn't. He didn't know how he was going to react to certain movements. And then by game two, he drops 40 in like 16, and you're like, okay, well, he's back. He's fine. He's back. Yeah, that's right. Um, then game three, he has 40 again. Uh, Middleton plays well. They blow out the Suns. Um, then you get to game four, which I was at. Um, it was a great game. I mean, Devin Booker hit ridiculous shots all night long. Um, I mean, Tucker and Holiday and Middleton were in his face all night, and dude is just hitting really, really tough contested twos. It was it was very old school. It was very Kobe, Jordan-like shot making. Um, but the Bucks were able to hang around. They didn't play great. They hung around, and then you have the, the, the late flurry um, and obviously the 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 recovery block from Giannis, which is you know has been talked about as ad nauseum. You know he 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 stunts on the pick and pick and roll on the ball handler and is able to get back to the roll man and block that lob. If if you've never played basketball, you don't understand how hard that is. Um, especially, I mean, he's seven feet tall. <laughs> To be able to be that agile and to move that quickly and to think that quickly and to anticipate that play is remarkable. And then Middleton just hit some unbelievable shots down the stretch. Um, ended just, up with 40 himself I, that game. I like that there's been a Middleton game Yeah, in every series. Yeah, well, he, he's, he's a star. He's a star. Um, he's not a superstar. He's a star. He's one of the top 25 players in the NBA, and he's capable of scoring 40 in a finals game, which puts you in a pretty small category of of people that have ever played this game. Um, He has his nights where he doesn't shoot well. He he can be streaky, Um, but he he always plays hard. He gives you what he what he can give you, and he's got one of those games and one of those demeanors where he's very even keel, almost sometimes to a fault. I mean, last night, at one point, I think in the fourth quarter, he'd only taken eight shots. Like, I I need a little more aggressiveness, you you know, just to keep, if nothing else, to keep the D honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, Middleton really, he shot a lot of people up. 
You know, a lot of every, not a lot of people. Everybody said he couldn't be the second best guy in a title team, and and he was. Um, but you know, then you go into Game Five, and we get the Drew Holiday game. I mean, he's unbelievable <laughs> on the road in Game Five. He comes out and he has like twenty five, thirteen assists and like seven or eight rebounds, and just plays unbelievable defense all night long on Paul and Booker. And I mean, again, Booker had forty, but. He worked his ass off for those 40. And, you know, that play at the end of the game where Holiday strips Booker. To have the balls to throw that lob, that was actually a dumb play in 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 real time because you're up one. You're a really good free throw shooter in Drew Holiday. There's 15 seconds on the clock. It's a scramble situation. You should pull that out and, 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 and run you. three yeah. or four extra seconds off. Go to the line. Make right. your free throws. You're up three. To have the balls to throw that pass. And Giannis kind of said it after the game. He he said he trusted me to go get it. I mean, that could have easily been a bad pass. Giannis could have fumbled it. Mistiming. There sure. could have been the Chris Paul-Giannis contact. Maybe they don't call it. We've seen them not call some stuff on blatant fouls at the end of the game in the in this series. Devin Booker in Game Four comes to mind. Um, so to to do that was just unbelievable. And then you know Ted Davis had one of the great calls ever on that play. Um, that will go down in in infamy. That'll be right up there with some of the great euchre calls and and um, maybe some Jim Irwin calls from back in the Packer days, but. Um, you know, and then you get to last night, which, I mean, it kind of just became a rock fight. Really, it did. I mean, the first quarter, you could tell. Even though they the had nerves a decent were, lead, it, you, it was not well, great I mean, basketball. Well, Middleton's first shot was a 15-footer that he shot 19 feet. I mean, he <laughs> shot it. He missed it by four feet right over the hoop. So you, you're like, okay, well, he's jacked. And then his, then his next shot, he hit back iron. And I'm like, okay, you just got to calm down. Because you texted me, this is ugly. And I'm like, they just need to relax. Then they did, and then they went on that run. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what the hell happened in the second quarter. Um, Double-digit lead gone. They just didn't, nobody could make a shot. Um, Thankfully, Giannis was able to kind of pull them along in that quarter and keep them close. You know, Bobby Portis, again, comes through in some huge situations with just his his grit and his hustle. Um, I like what he said after the game, that it was the best thing that ever happened to him, mm-hmm. agreeing to come to Milwaukee. And, I, you know, I know they the last couple of years, the, the bench guys have all changed, and there's a fresh rotation of who works, and even midseason, you know, you know that some of these guys aren't really fitting in with what, what they're trying to do and they're underperforming or they need to upgrade or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I remember what wasn't he drafted by the bulls mm-hmm, if that's, mm-hmm. cor- if that's correct. So, I mean, I remember when he was drafted and, and I listened to Chicago sports radio, they were, they were kind of underwhelmed, you know, that, okay, you know, we got him. He seems like a solid player, but he never seemed to be, to really take off down there. And he's since played on one or two teams on a couple in, teams in between. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at least he was a known name when he got here. And so like guys like me are like, Oh, okay. This guy can score. Uh, but I had no idea how much he meant to the team until it got to be playoff time. Well, 
I mean, he he was kind of at that point in his career where you could, he was good enough to be a starter on a shitty team, but most of the good teams looked at him like, yeah, not a winning player. Um, you know, he 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 broke Miritich's face in a Bulls practice right. a couple years ago, and, and you know. Whether he was in the right or he was in the wrong, you get a rep. You're going to get a reputation as okay. Well, maybe you're not a great teammate, right? Um, he was a little bit selfish offensively. He was he was a liability. On I want. I kind of want to get mine. Yep. And yeah, I'm not going to play great defense. I'm going to kind of do what I, the bare minimum. And he talked about that. I mean, he it kind of it kind of came out this week. I think he said it. He called Giannis last summer, and said, I want to come play here. I can help you. Um, and then Giannis said his piece to the front office, and, and they signed him. Um, you know, Portis said, when the bubble happened last year, he was on the Knicks. They didn't go to the bubble. They were one of, like, the eight teams that didn't go. So he didn't play a game for, like, nine months. Um, and he said, you know, he went home, and he hadn't been – like around his brothers and his mom for that long of a period of time and a long time. And he just kind of, kind of recalibrated where he was in his career. And, you know, being a role guy on a really good team is not a bad gig, especially if you win. Cause now he's going to be a free agent. I think he'll be back. But now if you're Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, Phoenix, the Lakers, Golden State. Now all of a sudden you're looking at Bobby Portis like, okay, that that dude just had 16 points in a closeout game of the finals and was not scared. There was no fear in that guy. He could help us. So good on him. I mean, he he certainly made the most of his opportunity, but at the end of the day, the story is Giannis. I mean, he is now, I mean, I... Looking across the landscape of sports and what's hot right now, obviously you're the hot ticket. I mean, a, a championship team and just the way that he presents himself, and we'll we'll kind of get to some of that. But the way that he has talked and the and the the humbleness and the and and the respect that he has for the game and his craft. To me, now he's the number one. He's the guy in the state of Wisconsin in sports. Oh, it's yeah, hands down. I mean, he's taken that away, and even if the whole problem, and we can get, we'll get to this later as well with Rodgers and the Packers, even if that those problems haven't surfaced, I still think he takes that. Crowd. Yeah, he's not. Rodgers has never been beloved. Great player, and they like him, and they like him, but never been beloved. Nothing like this. Nothing I mean, like Favre was right, and this type of personality and just the way that he goes about things and treats people, and just the way he talks about life and the game, that's endearing to people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for me, that's spectacular to have a guy like that on the team in your state. So that when you say you live in Wisconsin, and, yeah, you know, you watch the Bucks, they're like, you got a good guy right there. That's nice to hear. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It, it's It's nice not, you know, not having a team that, has kind of an egotistic asshole as the as the poster boy for your team. 
this is great to have this dude. Well, and you know, in an era of guys being obsessed with branding themselves, mm-hmm. Giannis's brand is basketball. Like, there's nothing to not like. A, like, you can not like maybe his style of play. Like, if you're, if you just don't like big guys as a basketball fan, like, if you're, if all the people you like are Dame Lillard and, and Trey Young and Steph Curry and these guys that shoot from 40 feet and dribble through their legs 25 times, like, if that's your kind of guy, okay, I, I, that's fine. But, there's no other reason to dislike him. He he doesn't he's not a whiner during the games. He doesn't flop. He gets fouled every single time he's in the paint. Every time. They could call a foul every single time he goes in the paint. And he and he looks at the referee, I don't know, one out of seven times and maybe puts his palms in the air. But he's not running around after the dead ball like Devin Booker and Chris Paul bitching at the referee going, he hit my arm, he hit my arm. Like, people don't want to see that shit. Like, just play. What did he, was it after game three or four when he said something to the effect of, they're making my, my pretty face ugly? Yeah. Because I got, shit I got scratches here and I got cuts here yeah. because I go down in the paint and I'm, I'm just getting just hammered left and right. Jeff Van Gundy talked about that early in the series. He's like, you look at somebody cross-eyed on the perimeter and they call a foul. All you got to do is fall down. You take a jump shot and fall down. 50-50, it's a foul. You're in the paint and you got three dudes pulling on your shoulders and you're trying to get the ball up on the board and they don't call anything. So, you know, but this is the kind of shit that Shaq dealt with for years. This is what happens when you're the most dominant player in the league. LeBron dealt with it early in his career. Um, But, I mean, 50 points in a closeout game. Uh, We're we're not going to do the sports talk radio or we're going (laughs) to argue about the greatest one ever. It's in the conversation for greatest finals game of all time. Sure. Um, Wilbon said it was the, it was the second best closeout game that he saw. Yeah. It's, it's that Jordan in 98, Scoring forty five of his team's eighty seven points. He said magic with the magic and eighty as yeah. a rookie when Kareem didn't yep. play. Yep, that's you know that's, that's the those one are, he said. Those are probably the three. Um, but I I don't know. Is there anybody in sports right now who's got a higher Q rating than Giannis? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, Brady's great, but a lot of people don't like Brady. You know, uh, Pat Mahomes, yeah, eh, eh, I. Maybe trout? No, no, not enough just, people care. Right. Otani, that, not enough people care. Yes, I mean, I, I think right now, July nineteenth or twenty first, whatever it is, twenty twenty one, he's the most popular athlete in America. He's the most likable, liked athlete in America. Um, maybe the world right now, considering that he's an international player. I mean, he's in that Federer, um, I don't even know if there's a golfer that you would even throw in there. I mean, like Federer is like worldwide yeah. beloved, nice guy, Generally, great yes. player, yep. all-time great Dude. talent. Yep. Like Giannis is in that conversation. I'm sure there's a soccer guy 
you know, probably I don't see yeah, I don't follow soccer. I don't but know much. I'm sure there's a soccer guy like that. I don't but know like, enough of that. This dude is in that conversation. Does it? And he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. See, and that's where I'm. I'm wondering about that. Is because does the market size hurt him? It believe me, it's great to see all these dumbasses that have been belittling the city because it's small market and it's in Wisconsin, and they're now having to do a 180. I saw a one-minute clip about Cowherd. You know, Cowherd talked about Giannis, and he waxed about him today, and his last 15 seconds were just like Milwaukee. When was the last time you could say that you want to stay in Milwaukee? Why Why are we talking about Milwaukee? Because right now, this is why. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, you know, it's the Stephen A. thing from a couple of weeks ago and whatever. We don't need to talk about it, but, I mean... Does the fact that he's playing there hurt his, you know, could he be even bigger if he's doing this somewhere else's or is because he did it, got drafted, stayed there, stayed with Middleton, got other guys, had an opportunity to leave and didn't, does that elevate him even more in the market thing? Does it matter? I mean, if he got drafted by the Knicks and stayed with the Knicks and won a title with the Knicks, yeah, sure. Because they've got a, they, they've been around longer and they've got a bigger generational fan base and they're probably, they're more of a recognizable worldwide brand. Sure. Okay. But I don't think he gives a shit. I just lo- like what, like, and even like, I'm, and even when you say bigger, like bigger, bigger what? Bigger how? Like more money? No, no. More endorsements? Just, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But I it's just, like, it's like. But it's like, he's with Nike, he's got his own shoe. Right. Like, if he was with the Knicks, he'd still have his own shoe. I just mean more beloved worldwide. Yeah, maybe because you're you're on a, you're on one of the, I don't know, the, the foundational teams. Right. Because there's just more of their fans because they've been around longer. He's but, getting rave reviews today for what he said, and even he still has stuck by this, and it's great. Because he even did it in the press conference. He goes, I wanted to stay here. I wanted to win here. Going somewhere else, forming a super team, that's the easy way out. That's the easy. Yeah, I could have done that, and I could have gotten a ring, and that would have been easy. I didn't want to do that. And I just like the jabs that are there because it's like, hey, man, I did this, and you and I can talk. You and yeah. I have talked about it. It's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between right and being easy, and both can lead to championships. And I think we, we agree, I think most people do, this is the right way to do it. Well, and I just think it means more. Oh, I, you know, absolutely. And, I, and, I, and I've heard recently this was brought up, and, and I've heard some of the national guys say that that's nonsense, um, which is hilarious because uh, five years ago when LeBron did it in Cleveland, allegedly that meant more, but okay. But it does mean more because it, it just it feels more organic, mm-hmm. and as a fan base, you're more invested – I'm as invested. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Buck fan, and I'm always going to be a huge Buck fan. But if Giannis next year decided that he wanted to go play with his brother in San Antonio and demanded a trade, all right, that would suck. But I know the kind of person that Giannis is, and I know it's not coming from a place of, you know, like, fuck Milwaukee, fuck Wisconsin. So I don't know. I mean... I think it means more, you know, like, okay, Brooklyn wins the title with the three guys that they cherry pick off other people's rosters on a franchise that's existed for nine years. 
Like what? Did, what like okay. There's like there's no there's no 85 year old there's no Brooklyn fan f- that's been around for 50 years. Right. And we and instead of talking about the closeout games and how great they were, we would be comparing them. The conversation would be, well, are they how do they compare to the Warriors? Right. Or the Heat? Right. Or all those Is this other the greatest trio of right. all time? Exactly. We wouldn't be talking about how you know how big of a place in history this closeout game was comparing them to the Jordans, Bulls, and Magic's Lakers. We'd be hearing Kyrie talk about how the the championship is actually an illusion constructed by the white man <laughs> to keep minorities down and that we should all understand that the not only is the earth flat, flat. but the Larry O'Brien trophy is actually square. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So thank God that didn't happen. Yes, you're right. Thank God that did not happen. But let's get into some Giannis stuff. Okay. Okay, so one of the all-time great finals games in NBA history. Okay. Okay, so we've got that. Mm -hmm. The star who stayed home, didn't want to win with the super team, won with a guy who I think now Middleton's a Hall of Famer because they won, but if they don't win, nobody else on that team's a Hall of Famer. Um. A guy who all the time, whether it's game six of the finals or game 26 in December against the Wizards, plays his ass off all the time. True. There's times during a game where he may trot or he may walk down the floor because he's trying to catch his win. Not when the plays are actually happening, though. When the plays are actually happening and it's time to do something, it's maximum effort all the time. Um, Last night, in some of these games in the playoffs, it's just been utter domination from him. I mean, physically, last night at the free throw line, it was mentally. It's been really impressive. I mean, he just averaged 35 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 blocks in the finals. Only player to put up those numbers. It's unbelievable. And shot 60% from the field. And went 17 and 19 from the last free throw night. line last yep. night. I mean, he had 5 blocks last night. And, and another one that should have been a block that they called a goaltend. Um, now, you're, now you're all of a sudden looking at like almost quadruple doubles stuff. If it, you know, if some things break your way, um, you know, there's been some talk today. Is he the best player in the world now? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I guess. I mean, he did put a 40, 40 and 15 on Kevin Durant in a game seven in Kevin Durant's building, who I think is probably the best player in the world. Um, but I think today, yeah, I, I think you could claim that. I don't know that that's going to be true when training camp starts again. But today, sure. Um, I think he's now the greatest buck of all time. I think he surpassed Kareem. That's what I was just going to say. He's been there longer. Now, Kareem went to two finals. Giannis has only been to one. Um, But I I, I just think that the way they did, I mean, you know, the the Bucks were in existence for a year. They got the number one pick. They won a coin flip. They got Kareem. They were good that year, but lost in the playoffs. They trade for Oscar Robertson, and they win the title. It's like boom, bang, bang, the Florida Marlins of basketball. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they didn't buy the title like the Marlins did, but they just popped up and won it. I think the way Giannis did it 
and all the things that they've had to go through the last couple of years, I think just puts him on the top of the list. Now you're talking about all-time stuff. Like, you know, a lot of people have their lists of greatest players. Um, You know, Bill Simmons wrote a book of basketball a few years. He's got his top 90, and, you know, there's some guys that have trickled in now, and he's kind of updated that. And I, you know, I agree with most of what it is. It's not my Bible, but I, I, I kind of look at the rankings of, of that book when I'm, when I'm looking at where Giannis fits in. He's now, he's a top five all-time power forward at 26 years old. Okay. Who, who, um, who else he got in there? He's never going to surpass Duncan. I think he's going to be number one all-time. Um, but he's now Dirk, Garnett, Barkley, Malone, Bob Pettit. Um, he's in that mix. Now, he's got... That's good company. He's got more MVPs than all of them, yep. I think, except Malone. They both have two. Barkley and Malone never won a title. title. Pettit won one. Dirk won one. Garnett won one. Um, Dirk was the only... Dirk and Pettit were the best guy on their team winning the title. So Giannis is in that mix now, and being by being in that mix, you're talking about the top 30 players of all time. Finals MVP, any of those Finals guys? MVP, Dirk was... Can't remember if Garnett was or not. Um, obviously, Duncan was a couple times. Barkley and Malone, no, because they lost. But he, to to, I mean, to be on a list with Barkley, Malone, Duncan, Dirk, and KG at twenty six years old is amazing. I, I just I don't think you can really quite comprehend that. And let me just read you this. So, he's 26 years old. He just won a title. Just won finals MVP. He's a five-time All-Star. Five-time All-NBA player. Four-time All-Defense. Second-team All-Rookie. He's been an All-Star Game MVP. He's won the Defensive Player of the Year. He's won the Most Improved Player. And a two-time MVP. You left that out. He's done. He the only they award rookie of the year. That's He's, it. He said that in that's his press it. conference. Like I've accomplished a lot, except for rookie of the year. He knew he knew that right off the bat because he wants to accomplish. There's a lot. nothing left. The only thing in in his basketball career that he could accomplish would be a gold medal in the Olympics, which ain't going to happen. No, you're not going to win a gold medal with Greece. But like as far as the NBA goes, he's he's done it all at 26. There's nothing left. Nothing. But that's the, incredible. But the drive. Oh, it's, it's yeah, still... but I'm just saying, like, when you're talking about Pantheon all-time guys, and I'm not saying Giannis is ever going to be, he's never going to crack the top 15, especially if he stays with the Bucks, because I think they have a chance to win one or two more, but it's not like he's going to win seven titles with the Bucks. So, um, but man, I mean, you're talking about top 30 guys, top 25 guys of all time. You're, you're, you're now in... You you will get to be in the room with the Shaqs, the Wilts, the LeBrons, the Jordans, the Birds, the Magics. That's for a kid from Greece that was selling knickknacks on the street nine years ago. Rarified air is what they it's, say. It's a hell of a story, man. Yep. I mean, I, I thought today, and I said to you, I think he's he's definitely 
one of the four on the Wisconsin Mount Rushmore. You you said before before the playoffs started, depending on how they did, his his place would be cemented on depending on what happened. Well, right now he's firmly atop. Him, Yount, Aaron, and for people of my dad's age, it's Star. For people of our age, it's Favre. Yeah. Those are the four. Yep. I, I can't argue with any of those. I mean, you know, I, Ryan Braun didn't have the Hall of Fame yeah. career that Yount did, and Yelich didn't, isn't going to have enough service no. time with the Brewers. Um, but those other four, I mean, that's, that's it. And, you know, I, I, this is some serious hyperbole. He's got to be the greatest Greek export since the Euro. <laughs> the sandwich, not the coin. No, I got you. And, like, I was I was seriously thinking about this last night. <laughs> this just tells you what I was, where my brain was sure. at. This is I was this sober. Could, this could be scary. <laughs> Aristotle, Plato, Aphrodite, Giannis, like, Who's the most famous Greek guy in the last 2,000 years? I'm not even saying this like I'm – this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, like, who? Who is it? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't name one Greek dude. Maybe the guy that married Jackie Kennedy after JFK got killed. I can't remember. Onassis is something. Like, what? where? Where are the Greek – where? Did he's you- the most famous Greek dude since, like – Fucking Plato, man! Did you try to come up with a list? No, I'm just thinking. I'm just, just off the no, top. No, just head. off the top of my head. Like, like Bill and Ted would go back in time to now to get Giannis, right, to help out because he'd be famous instead of Socrates, famous person in in Greece. Yes. <laughs> sure, I'll I'll go with you on that. That's that's fine. It's fun to think about. You know, I mean, maybe there's some supermodel that I'm not thinking of, but. I'm sure there uh, is, but not. If, I don't know. If we don't know who she is, then it doesn't really matter. Well, I don't know where these bitches are from, man. I just like to look at the pictures. <laughs> I, oh, I, man. I kid. I read the articles too. Oh, all right. So we touched on, we touched on Portis, we touched on Middleton. So you've got. I mean, you talked about the holiday uh, game that he had, but the fact that he was picked up, I. He was there. There was one cut from him. I had like five from Giannis, one from Drew, five from Chris, and like six from Bud. I didn't play the holiday cut, but he brought up, and I, I, I wish I would have listened to it to get some context. But he he talked about being referred to as that last piece of the puzzle, and you said it when they acquired him that this was going to be a fantastic thing for them defensively. And whatever you can get out of him offensively, yeah, and and he, you know, he's not a consistent shooter. He's a guy that can get you twenty five to thirty when he's going good, but yeah, he's there to guard the other team's best guy. And as good as Bledsoe was as a defender, he was just his size. He would get overwhelmed size wise. He's not a hell of a lot bigger than I am. Drew Holiday's six foot three, built like a brick house, and he's got arms for days. So what he did to some of these guys in the playoffs, you know, and and you can't just look at the box score. You can't look and go, how can you say he did a good job on Trey Young when he had 48? How can you say 
he did a good job on Durant when he had 49. How can you say he did a good job on Booker when he had 40 twice? Well, it's the little stuff. It's, okay, Chris Paul's 37 years old. You hurt his shoulder in the first round. You hurt his wrist in the third round. I'm going to press you the whole game. I'm going to turn you five times in the backcourt. I'm going to make you take seven of the eight seconds to get it across the timeline, and you're not going to be able to now initiate your offense until there's 10 or 11 seconds left instead of 19 seconds left. Big difference. In last night's game, they made a nice adjustment. They put him on Booker. Holiday had been guarding Paul most of the time. Last night, they put him on Booker. Slowed him down, kept him under 20 after having back-to-back 40 games. Now, I think that all those guys last night on both teams were gassed, especially the starters. He didn't hit a single three. These guys either. were playing 40-plus minutes in the finals. Both teams were only playing about seven, seven and a half guys. I mean, I think Teague played two minutes. Kaminsky played like six. because he, he had a couple they, buckets. I mean, they were desperate. They had to have somebody. So, you know... He's a holiday's a frustrating guy offensively to watch. I mean, he goes four for 20, and then in game five, he's unbelievable. Then he comes home in last night and he goes four for 19. But the defense never waned, it never, there was no dip. A lot of guys, when they struggle on offense, it carries over. Not him, no problem. So I, I think that. In three years, when he's still got two years and about $80 million left on his deal, we're going to be going, oh, man, I don't know about that contract. But you know what? That's that's the tax you have. That's the championship tax. Right. You know? Um, you're I'm, paying him and Middleton a lot of money to be two and three guys. Immediately you should think back to, well, glad we got him because then we won the title. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's, now, you know, you're just, you're just as Ted Dave, you're just earning interest on that. And I, I can't say enough about, uh, Pat Connaughton. I mean, I I can't I can't tell you how much I absolutely fucking despised him when he was on Notre Dame because he was the white dude on Notre Dame, scrappy East Coast Catholic oh, yeah. kid. He'd be playing your, playing, your Marquette, playing Marquette yep. and getting you know getting loose balls and somehow being able to play with Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder and he would just piss you off. And I remember I, I, he went to Portland, and I saw him in a few games. He'd come off the bench and shoot some trees. Eh, whatever. And then the Bucks got him a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, well, he's a good athlete. Could be a nice piece. Um, you know, he was like the eighth, ninth man in their rotation the last couple years. But what he did in the finals, um, he had a couple of games where he hit some threes. He had a couple games like last night where he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but just plays his ass off. I mean, how many times that guy get hit in the face in the last three games? Bud seems to talk glowingly of that's, him. That's his boy. Um, and, you know, it sucks that DiVincenzo couldn't play because he's that same kind of guy. But, um, you know, you need Pat Connaughton's and P.J. Tucker's and Bobby Portis's on your team if you're going to win a title in the NBA because they're your dirty work guys, they're your energy guys. Um, and they're the guys, you know, sometimes it's only one shot. You know, in game four, things weren't going great for the Bucks, and Connaughton hit a three early in the fourth, and it kind of changed the complexity of the game. It, it was that beginning push to getting a little momentum going, and he was able to do that 
with his rebounding. Um, he's not a great defender, but he tries really hard. He sticks his nose in there, literally. Um, and, and same thing with P.J. Tucker. I mean, offensively, he was a disaster the whole series. The Bucks were pretty much playing four-on-five when he was out there. But, you know, the other things that he gives you, you know, he, okay, Tucker's going to stand in the corner and the Suns say, well, that's fine. We're going to put Chris Paul on him in the corner and hide Chris Paul. Well, what did P.J. Tucker do? He said, oh, every single shot that goes up, I am going to sprint to the board. And I'm going to run into you every time, Chris, every time. So by game four, game five, game six, you talk about Giannis and messing up his pretty face. Well, P.J. Tucker was messing other dudes up. He just wasn't hitting them in the face. They're just body blow after body blow. It's like a boxer. And I think all those things took a toll on the on the Suns. And, you know, you got to tip your hat to Bud. I was crit- critical of him. Everybody that's been Everybody critical was, of him. It seemed like. Well, then you got to give the man his due because they adjusted after those first two games. And... Some of those adjustments are why they won the title. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's a fun team to root for, man. There's no bullshit. There's just no, there's no, there's no extra stuff with yes, them. That's that's a good way there's to put it. There's just none of it. Yes. You know, I mean, there was some rumblings about Bud maybe being on the hot seat during the net series. And, you know, and that, that happens during the playoffs. But, you know, nobody bitching about playing time. Nobody bitching about shots. Nobody, um, Worrying about who's the man. Everybody understands their role, and it starts with your leaders and and Giannis and Middleton and Bud. And I just I tip my hat to him and his whole staff. They were great. So there's now no talk about a potential change, like you said. There was there was some rumblings that if they had lost that, I mean, you before we started recording, you had said if if Durant's toes not on the line, mm-hmm. Rick Carlisle is probably your new coach. Yep. If you lose the Hawks series, maybe there's a new coach. Possibly, yep. Now, uh, you, you can't. No, like I said to you, he's McCarthy now. He's got about a three- to five-year window, barring multiple first-round catastrophes getting knocked out. I don't know how you really fire Bud anytime mm-hmm. soon. And I don't think you should. I mean, the guy just won a title. Why, you know, schematically, is he, you know... Bill Bill Belichick, no, <laughs> but you don't necessarily have to be. I mean, I think, especially as Giannis keeps getting better. I mean, he's just hitting his prime. Um, you have to do a little. You, there's a little less coaching to do. So, you know, I'm I'm happy that it, I'm happy that he was there and was the coach for for all this to happen. How about all the guys that have been associated with the team? I mean, like from a radio perspective. Like I said this on the air this morning, I was glad because the NFL doesn't give you this opportunity. I'm not sure about baseball. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've never had a World Series, so I'm no. not sure. So I, I didn't know if, if the rights go to you know Westwood One or ESPN or whoever. The NFL doesn't give you that allowance except if you're in the home market of the team that's playing. So TMJ would have had it. One station in Green Bay would have had it if the Packers go to the Super Bowl. We would have had Westwood one. It was so cool to have all these games on a little station in Rock County mm-hmm. and an NBA championship closeout game on our station with your team's announcer. Yeah. And to have Ted Davis, who, like I told Beggs, I was board-opping games back in 
you know, 2000, no, probably 1999, 2000 when we were a Bucks affiliate. And Ted, like, I'd never listened to a Bucks game before in my life. I'm like, who the hell is Ted Davis? Mm-hmm. But as I've, as I've gotten into this role and more involved in sports and listened to him, he's a great, great broadcaster. He's very good. He's really good. Yep. He's very smooth. Yep. He's very energetic. He's got a great personality, and he knows the game. He's he's a little dad joke corny sometimes, he is, but it works. Yep. But, but it works. But, that, but that's but yeah, that with the hometown guy, that's that's part of the deal. Yes, it's part of the deal. You're it's a homer the, for your team. Appeal. Yes, you know. So I it's, so I'm like I'm happy for guys like him, and I I even texted the PA guy. Uh, Eric Jensen, he does, he, he produces and does sports for Bob and Brian, who we had on the hog for, you know, damn near a decade. And I, I got to know him a little bit. I, I saw him when I went to the Bradley center, um, and, and the Pfizer for a, for a game. And, you know, we always said, hi, we still have each other's number. And I texted him this morning. I said, Hey, I just want you to know, I'm happy for you. I hope it was awesome last night. I've hope, you know, everything was cool and you were soaking it all in. And he, he go, he texted me back right away. He said, dude, this has been one sweet ride. It was awesome. So like guys like that, I'm I'm happy for. And that doesn't even say anything about you know. I mean, like Pashki hanging it up. You what know? a way to go, huh? Yeah, unbelievable. Guys unbelievable. like that, former players that have are still kind of known and can pop in and out and associated with the team. Yeah, the only downer for me last night was that Pashki and Thanasis weren't there because yeah. of COVID. Um. That sucked because I think that <laughs> I think I think the comedy from Thanasis on the bench when Giannis was putting fifty on the board would have been unbelievable. I think he would have been absolutely losing his shit, <laughs> and we would have loved every minute of it. And and anybody that's been a Buck fan over the last eight years knows that Paschke and Giannis are really tight. Um, and Giannis wore the the basketball T-shirt into the press conference after the game, and you know, very very cool that he he would do that. And what what a way to go out! It's funny he, he every year Paschke would do an an interview with Giannis, and it was a it was it was like an hour interview, sure, and it'd be cut into separated yeah, yeah. minute segments and stuff. And he said in there to Giannis, "What do you think of?" of getting me a, a championship in my last year, and, and they talked about it. And it, it's just pretty pretty special that that happened. It, they were just a little bit, felt kind of like a team of destiny. But, you know, Marcus Johnson, who does the games with Paschke, one of the all-time great bucks. Um, Vin Baker on the staff, great player when he was on the bucks. Darvin Ham, top assistant for Bud. Um, was on those George mm-hmm. Carl teams with with Sam and the Ray. Ham dunk, and Big I dunk. remember I mean, that. Yes, played on some really good Buck teams. Um, Michael Red was there at, at most of those games, which you love to see. Brandon Jennings was there last night. Um, he's the guy that actually coined the Bucks in six term a couple of years ago. So just really cool to have those guys back. You know, Kareem and Oscar were there the night I was there, and they were on NBA TV last night, and it's. You know, there's been so many great Lakers. Kareem kind of gets lost in the shuffle there, and he was never a big charismatic guy anyway. So, you know, Milwaukee has kind of readopted him 
in his old age. And and the Cincinnati Royals, who Oscar played on before he was on the Bucks, they don't exist. They're the Sacramento Kings now, and none of this stuff matters. He never played, and he has no connection to that team. The Bucks are his team. So um, just cool to see all those guys. I'm happy for those people. Um, you know, Jason Natter, who's worked over there for years selling yep. tickets. I'm happy for him and his kids and his family. So, um, yeah, just feel good for a lot of people. I mean, you know, Craig Kashan, Novak, you know, some of the other guys that work for the team. Um, you know, I, I even, you know, even Milwaukee media people, you know, the Drew Olsons of the world and uh, Bob Brainerd and, you know, guys like that that have been, you know, a lot of those guys in the media like that in Milwaukee, they do their job and they follow the team, but you can't help but become a fan, especially when, as you get to know the people. And uh, I don't know. It's just uh, just good good vibes all around. Did you, I didn't catch any who were some of the name name of names well, last night. I didn't even know. know who came out of the woodwork. To, to, to go to the game. I, I, I oh, honestly, the celebrities? Yeah, I didn't even pay oh, attention uh, to anybody. Chappelle, Chappelle was there, but he, really? was, he was there. Him and Chris Tucker were there last night. They okay. were both there in game four. Chance the Rapper's been there like throughout uh, the whole thing. Yeah, um, Yelich was there. I knew that. I knew yep. mo- most of the Brewer team was there. Yeah, Braun I saw, I saw was there. I saw them in a suite, yeah. Um, Gucci Mane was there. He's a Buck fan, which is just weird. It's, 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 it's just random. It's like Lil Wayne being a Packer fan. Just random. Um. So, you know, it was cool to see. Did Cheryl Crow make it? Cheryl Crow was there the night I was there, really? I believe. Okay. Well, she, no, she was there the night I was there for the Atlanta series. Okay. I'm not sure if she was there for the finals. Right. Council was at the game the night I was there for the finals. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of cool to see, yep. you know, see some people like that. Um, it was cool, you know, Chappelle was sitting with Michael Red. They're both Ohio guys. So they probably somehow know each other, I would assume. I would assume. Um, but, uh, yeah. It was cool to see people. And, and we talked to, like I mentioned, like the cowherd thing. I haven't heard because I don't pay attention. I haven't heard anything from, you know, Stephen A. about Milwaukee. I like that cowherd kind of gave the city its due and the fact that, you know, you're starting to talk glowingly about the city because now the most popular player and the best player has endeared himself to the city and has stayed in that city. And now, you know what? When you mention him, you're going to have to talk about Milwaukee. So like it or not, this is a topic that you can't ignore anymore. Well, and and I didn't really hear anybody say anything negative about the Bucks or the city. It was a, a little bit more geared toward Giannis. Uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Shannon, Shannon Sharp. I all I heard all three of them today. Even Max Kellerman, kind of begrudgingly, half-heartedly, have to acknowledge that they were wrong about Giannis. Um, and like I said, I mean, he's put himself in company that just can't be denied now. And he's not American. He's not in Stephen A's phone. Right. Chris Paul is. Um, that shit matters with those guys. It just does. We can all roll our eyes and and not like it, but that's just the facts. Um, those people wanted to see old man Chris Paul get a title because they cared more about his legacy than they do Giannis's. Giannis has still got 10 years. They still want to be able to beat up on him. Chris Paul's at the end of the road. So, yeah, you know, I, I would just tell any any Buck fan, 
Um, don't worry about it. No. You're not going to get the respect that you you want or think we deserve. But what I think has become undeniable and the the coastal media elites that use the rest of the country as the flyover states, um, I think it has to be acknowledged that we are not only one of the handful of great sports states in America. I think we're one of the great sports states in the world. Um, I think that the way the the Packers are followed and have been for generations, I think the Brewers for the last decade plus putting three, three million people through the turnstiles every year, I think what the Bucks have been able to do with building the Fiserv and turning that into a place to be and selling out every game, there is no more loyal or rabid fan base than is in Wisconsin. And you haven't even factored in what happens when the Badgers make the Rose Bowl or go to a Final Four or Marquette goes to a Final Four. Um, you know, you want to tell me that people in New York or Philadelphia or Chicago are smarter sports fans? I don't know, maybe, your opinion. They're not better sports fans. They're not more rabid than we are. Um, they're not more loyal than we are. And Wisconsin is a phenomenal basketball state. It just is. It always has been. It's gone unrecognized for a long time. Other than the 90s, the Bucks have been a really, really good basketball franchise and have had great fan support. The Brewers obviously have great fan support. The Packers have great fan support. Badgers, Marquette. Um, but basketball-wise, I mean, look at Marquette's in the top 10 in attendance every year in college basketball. The Cole Center is almost always sold out, and anytime the Badgers go on the road in these tournament games, there's more Badger fans than there are the other team. So, And we're seeing that the fruits of that bear out with the high school level, and we're seeing more and more kids from Wisconsin uh, become big time recruits and go on and playing in the NBA. So I'm just I'm I'm very proud to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Um, I wish we could get rid of the cheesehead stigma. Right. I just wish that drunk idiots at Lambeau would stop wearing that on their head. I've never. But I've never. It was that's a that's a conversation for another day. It was cute. <laughs> it was cute for a year and now that, that's no, kind of the thing that everybody yeah. kind of holds. We're kind of these rubes that wear food on our head and chug beer. Yes. That's but, right, but we're we're, we're really so not. much more than yes. that. So, but, but you've, you, you, yeah, no, you're right. We can have that conversation, yeah, definitely later. All right, that was an hour of bucks. That's the record, and we'll never do more than that because <laughs> chances are this won't happen again. But well, God damn it, I have to get it out, man. I've I love been it. dying all day to talk about it. Well, so. it's um, it's definitely more uh, worthy of the fact that we're going to talk about the Brewers, um. Even though they're br- br- very briefly still because... leading the division, they just absolutely pooped themselves against uh, a very bad Kansas City Royals team for two straight games. I gotta tell you, I've just been out, I've just been totally checked out of the Brewers okay, for the fine. last two three weeks. I don't think anybody would blame I, you for that. I, I've periodically checked scores, yeah, um, but that's about it. Losing three out of four at home to Cincinnati before the All Star break was. Awful. Yeah. They they got the first, they lost the three, and then you go into the All-Star break, you're like, oh, man, leads down to I think it was four or whatever it was. And then they come right out of the gate afterwards, and they sweep them at their place, and they're like, okay, 
little bit of life, a little mm-hmm. bit of fire coming afterwards, and you're like, all right, so we got something. Those bats magically wake up when the river the brewers go to Cincinnati. Isn't that funny? Man. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, so you got a whole week of interleague play now, and you got two against the Royals who stink. They're bad on the road. They've lost more than twice as many games as they've won. Uh, on on the road, and then you got the White Sox, who are still leading their division. That's going to be good. And there's the Sunday night baseball game mm-hmm. on uh, the, this weekend with those two teams. But they can't string together anything against Kansas City. They tie the game, they take the lead, and then all of a sudden, Kansas City comes right back and takes the lead again and beats them. And I, I it was amazing to be reading this last in batting average in the National League but still like fifth or sixth in run scored. So they're still getting guys across even though they can't hit the ball. Um, and they now the lead is probably, depending on what, what, what now the Reds did today, it's probably down to six yeah, or five so. and a half, something five like that. Five and a half, six, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, two absolutely abysmal games with Kansas City. I think Kansas City scored the first four runs that they did all unearned today. It was bad. Yeah. Um, and, well, and, and, and Brewers, I got a day off. And the Brewers adjusted their rotation. They threw Anderson yep. and Lauer. Yep. Um, they gave, they're gave they giving Peralta and Woodruff some time off to kind of, you know, recharge the batteries. But, you know, like we talked about with the Bucks earlier in the year, you know, you, you piss around in these games. You don't put your best foot forward. Right at the end. Because you, you think you're good enough to win anyway. And you're like, well, there's a lot of games or whatever, yeah. but you know what? Those, like, oh. I get it. We have we'll, that conversation. We'll, Those add up. They, it, we'll see how it bears yes. out. But, you know, remember this little two-game series right. with the Royals. Exactly. You know, and, and, come on, Bruce. You couldn't even keep the mojo going for 12 hours after the Bucks win the title. Seriously. You can't give me one? You can't give them some momentum Jeez. going in. You can't keep the momentum coming out. God. It, 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 it was bad. So you got the trade deadline coming up. Uh, Jace Peterson apparently played first today, and he was really bad on two successive plays to him. Um, well, that's that's the spot first to upgrade. Correct. His first base. I, I don't, you know, center field, even though Bradley. He's not hitting. He's hitting better, better. With, but that's all relative. Yes. But, you know, you got Kane coming back, so. You, you know those two and Yelich and Garcia and, Garcia, yep. and Taylor. That's you're set there. You know you got Wong, Adamas provided. Wong stays healthy, right? Do you, do you maybe try to find a, a utility guy? Um, I, I'm not sure. You're you're you are what you are at catcher with Narvaez yes. and Pena. I think I got to think first base and 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 middle relief or setup guy, depending on what's going on well, with, with Devin Williams. Devin Williams and now Boxberger, is right. the, the, he was going to be the guy to replace him, and now he's... Uh, so those are the two spots, you know, and, and they're going to get Vogelbach back here. They're going to get Shaw back, but I don't know. Do you, do you want to you put your eggs those in guys? that basket? That's right. It's, it's, it's an unreliable basket. It's, it's probably not a good place you're in if you're wishing... For Daniel Vogel back to get healthy well, so you can plug him in. But he's been okay. Look, I, I think, you know, and, and fans love I, him. The market, I, I don't know. I, I have, I'm have i not in baseball mode right, right now, no, so I, I don't it. know really who's going to be available out there. But I think if you're the Brewers, I think you got to look at it a little bit like the Bucks did. And if you got to give up some shit to go out and get your Drew Holiday... You think if you if you're looking at the landscape, you're like, dude, we can win the we can win the National League. We think we're better than the Dodgers and the Padres. We can win the National League. Go get him. 
whoever him is, go get him. Worry about everything. Worry later. about that yep. other shit later. Um, I I just it, it, with all of those offensive categories being in the toilet, and you're still six games up in your division, and you've got like the third or fourth best record in baseball. I mean, all you need to do is get a little bit of offense going at the right time, and you're gonna win. The, you could win the whole thing. So. If the risk is there, I hope they take it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's going to be anybody out there that's going to get anybody super excited. But look, no, nobody was doing cartwheels when they traded for Adamas, and that guy completely changed their season. So you, you never know. What um, I, I didn't catch any of the broadcast from, so it would have been yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, I didn't catch any of Euchre's comments. <laughs> well, it was um, funny. Uh, him and Levering were doing the game. And the Brewers manufactured a run. And Levering made the comment that, you know, the Brewers had such a hard time earlier in the season in, in, you know, scoring runs and being able to manufacture a run that didn't involve hitting a homer. And Euchre just simply said, well, they finally figured out that it's okay to sacrifice once in a while. Like, you know, if you got a dude on second, just hit it to the right side. If you want to, if you if there's a time to bunt. bunt, bunt, you know it's okay. I mean, I remember those couple of games when they were in pretty big situations and they didn't bunt, and fans went ballistic. And then when they finally did, like a game later, they all stood up and applauded because they knew what the scenario was and they hadn't seen that. Well, and and, and they finally did, and they're like, "Yes, that's what you do." And I get it. The Brewers are very a uh, very data statistical based organization. But dude, Craig Council is a baseball lifer. That, that guy that guy I want him to manage with his gut sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes you need the numbers. I've never been a hundred percent anti that stuff. Right. But sometimes in certain situations you just gotta look at how the game is going and be like, okay, let's just do this little thing here to try to get the big thing instead of just always waiting for the big thing. And that's kind of what Euchre was saying, and, and it was, you know, he he wasn't taking a shot at anybody or anything, but it was just kind of like, it's, yeah, man, it's okay to do that once in a while. It's nice. It's, it's baseball. Subtle observation. Yeah. You know? No, I, I, I totally agree with that, and it's, it's weird that – because I totally understand what you get about what what, what you're saying about counsel, just the old school guy. And, you know, you don't want to flame out a pitcher because you're worried about keeping him fresh for whatever. But the old school baseball dude in me says immediately when you're in that situation, the baseball playbook says do that. And yet it doesn't happen sometimes, which I don't know if now he's come over and away from that playbook and now started to go by some of these more numbers-driven things rather than just the, you know, situational, well, obviously, when we got this guy on there and the number of outs and whatever and this guy at the plate, that's what we do. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, wait a minute. That's usually what happens. But it doesn't with him. So it's, it's very odd to see, like, the both sides of the coin, like an old-school baseball guy adapting some of the new styles and not doing, you know, some of the things that we saw growing up, you know, and even over the last, you know, in when we were in our 20s, I guess. Now some of that stuff has gone by the Wade side mm-hmm. where teams are like, we don't do this anymore. Right. This is what we do. 
Like Ricky Henderson would never exist as we know him if, right. he, if he played today. Because he'd, if he hit, hit, he'd hit more homers. Well, of course. But he would not have the stolen base course, record. No. No way. Because they don't want to take a chance of missing out on a base runner. And people would be mad because he was nuts. Right. He was nuts. He was Manny before Manny. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Brewers and the White Sox, they're off on Thursday, and then it's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, at American Family Field. You got anything more about no. the crew? Okay. Um, NFL stuff we can just touch on, and then we'll end, end with the Olympics. Yeah, we can skip the Olympic stuff. Let's okay. just scratch that. Um, we'll get, you got, how much time do you think you got? You got... You got another ten or fifteen oh, minutes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I got I got something for you. Okay. Let's blow through this NFL. The stuff. the the Rogers thing came out from Schefter on Tuesday morning, which a, pissed me off. I have to say, take away from the Bucks. Yeah. Well, like, come on, Schefter. You've he, you've he known with, you've known this information. He did that with the draft, though. Yeah, but he, that, he totally but, took yeah, away that's, everything. That's different. That's still football. Right, but it's you've it's, got the Bucks, who are the state team. His job is to keep the focus that's, on football. That's the, no, but it was stupid because it didn't keep the focus on football. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody around here cared about that. I didn't care. Nobody gave a shit. I was like, oh, okay. Bucks have the championship yeah, game. Tonight. No one in Wisconsin cared. No, I don't think so. Speaking of, um, okay, so the so the news was the Rodgers was offered a two year extension. Didn't we already kind of know that anyway? That's what I thought. I thought I thought the. The, the thing was that he met with the heads of state, Murphy, Gudekinst, and said his piece and bitched a little bit and whatever, and they offered him a contract. So he said, no, fuck you guys. I don't want to do that. Even though it would have made him the highest paid player in football, which up until this point, he has made mention of the market and resetting and getting what is fairly yours, you know what I mean? So, like, when he gets knocked down a couple of pegs because some quarterbacks get guaranteed money and those contracts rise above his, he takes notice. Oh, yeah. And and he has... He's he, petty like that. Yeah. He has hinted at, well, you know, maybe we need to take a look at that kind of... So, like, it's been... He's made points about money. Now, all of a sudden, it's not. It's not about money. It's the fact that you guys screwed me when you drafted this kid and made a plan and didn't talk to me it's about that It's not about plan. money. It's not even about football. About me. It's about my feelings. About me. Yep. Um, so anyway, I I didn't really care about that. I don't, and honestly, right now, I don't care how this ends. I honestly don't. Well, I, I, I Bakhtiari was on uh, Rosillo's podcast the other day, and of course, Rosillo asked him about it and kind of what he thought. And I mean, Bakhtiari didn't really he didn't show his hand he he's didn't certainly seem to have any inkling but you know he's just like yeah we want him here he's one of my best friends and he's a great player and but if he's not happy and he wants to go play somewhere else well okay you know i mean he, he's like well, what do you want how am i supposed to react really you know and they asked rogers at the end of that tahoe you know amateur championship thing, you know, so what's going to happen? He goes, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off, and then we'll figure it out. So it, was, it was very non-committal. Yeah. You know, so we'll, I think everybody's going to have the date circled when veterans report. I think it was two weeks from Tuesday, and then the first practice is, um, or, or a week from Tuesday, and then the first practice is a week from today, I think. So we'll figure it out by next Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Well, I don't think he'll show up on time. No? No. He'll just come waltzing in late? If, if he shows up at all, he I don't think he'll be there day one. Okay. No. I, I, where's the drama in that? Mm. He wants to make them sweat. Who else opened up camp today besides the Steelers? Steelers and Cowboys, I know, were two because Jerry Jones talked about he'd do anything to win the Super Bowl this year. And there was pictures Jesus, of what big, deal with the devil did he make? I don't know. <laughs> big Ben was reporting. I saw that. Michael texted me today, and I, I, I totally was was on board with this. Um, but it was it was really no. Maybe this is different for other teams. So the NFL does an expansion draft. You can protect three non QBs on your team. Who are you protecting from the Bears? Yes. Because Michael, Michael told me Bakhtiari, Devontae Adams, and Jairi Alexander. And I don't really have an argument with any of those looking at the whole team landscape. Those are probably my three as well. You could make an argument for Aaron Jones because he does a lot of things out of the backfield. But those are my three guys. Do you, does any three stand out on the I Bears I mean, where, where, where you could just say those are... Those are well, I mean, I, I would say like... Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack, and David Montgomery, but like you wouldn't protect your running back. That's what I mean. That's the only reason I, I wouldn't mean, take I, Jones. I don't know. I don't know. Is there a line, an old lineman? I don't think there is. No, not a why. I mean, Allen Robinson, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Uh, All right. I was. I was just curious. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'd have to think. I'd have to look at the roster. Sure. I'm not even really. Akeem Hicks, and he's hurt all the time. That's what I was going to wonder that, too. And even Eddie Jackson, like, he was good for a couple years, and now he's kind of sucked for a couple years. And sometimes Khalil Mack has 13 sacks, and sometimes he has two. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And then Cam Akers blew out his Achilles. Yeah, that's a big big loss for the Rams. He was set to have a big season for that team. Um, So I saw that. All right. Um, All right. So there's there's some at the bottom here that says, My Surprise List. Oh my God! You got it over there. It's it's even away from the table. Oh, you got a spiral notebook page torn out. Holy gods! That's so, half. That's almost halfway full. More than halfway full. So Look at I've this. I've been working on this oh for boy. I don't know probably a good month. <laughs> really? Um. So I went back and I watched, I watched, rewatched, or partially watched, in order. The Marvel Universe. You're going to do the ranking? And I've ranked, oh, I've been I've, wanting I've to them. do this. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this. Yeah, and I them. never just sat down and looked at all of them. Well, your boy did. He had some time. Good for you, man. Had some time. Oh, I'm excited about this. That's what single life does to you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, between, you know, on, on off nights that the Bucks sure. didn't play, and I would catch, you know, I'd throw on my iPad at work and catch a half an hour. Because... I I really I had seen all of them I think except two, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, a lot of it was just kind of refreshing my memory and stuff like that. Okay, before you get into this, because I have not taken it in at all. Have you done any of the series? I haven't watched any of the series. I haven't seen uh, Black Widow. I haven't I haven't I. seen the what is it Spider Man Far From Home. I haven't seen oh, that. Okay. Um, so anything after Endgame, I haven't seen. Gotcha. And then I've never seen the Hulk movie. No, neither. And I didn't even factor it in here because I, I wouldn't even, either. I don't even really consider it part of this universe because no. it's just all different people. Yes. 
Well, yeah, they had three different guys playing the Hulk, I think. So, okay, I'll start at the bottom. There, there's 21 movies, which is just fucking unbelievable when awesome. you think about I it. I love it. It's so crazy. I love it. Okay. So, uh, 21, I had Iron Man 3. Bad. Just not a fan. It's bad. Uh, it's the one where, like, the dude creates the serum that, like, turns him into, like, a glow guy. And and he can regenerate his and, limbs. And it's Ben Kingsley's the fake Mandarin. Yes. And, like, it, I just... Which, by the way, is a, is a funny character. Yeah, but he should have been the real Mandarin. Like, that's right. a real guy. Like, he should have been, not a real, real guy, but a real guy in the universe. But j- just the way that he's, he's like, the, the actor that just is a complete cornball drunk. Yeah, yeah. That passes out randomly. Yeah, all right, all right, so go that, that was that was, right. that was the bottom. It was... A, it was was really a bottom three okay for me um there was that one thor dark, dark world. world i but the thing about it is like i didn't hate that movie it's hard to hate anything that i get to watch natalie portman in <laughs> i didn't hate that movie but it eh, it didn't you know, do anything for no me. and nope. it, it could have probably been ahead of this next one but ant-man and wasp i thought that was very average yeah i thought the story was kind of yeah yep um, I like the character. I like Paul Rudd. Evangeline Lilly is smoking, uh, but <laughs> not not the greatest plot in that sure. one. So those are kind of my bottom three. Okay. Um, Captain Marvel eighteen. Okay. Uh, again, didn't hate it. Uh, you know, there was a lot of controversy around that movie when it came out for a lot of reasons. I thought it was fine. I thought it was semi interesting. Um. I, I'm interested in what they end up doing with the character going forward, but I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I thought it was released at the wrong time. Yeah, it's hard it, because it's it happens so much before. That's why I the did other this. heroes, but yet it's she's such a factor in the end of the whole thing. And that was kind of my reason for going back and doing this was because I had never seen that movie, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be the second movie. Out of the 21. Right. Yes. So, you know, there was, it's it's a pretty cool character, I thought. Mm-hmm. And I thought the, the origin story was kind of interesting. Yep. Um, but, you know. Okay. I could have had it here at 17. Instead, I had Black Panther. Okay. That one critically acclaimed for, again, a lot of reasons that don't necessarily have anything to do with whether or not it was that entertaining. Um. I didn't love that villain, the Michael B. Jordan Killmonger yep. guy. It's okay. It's just like you're okay. You're the bad Black Panther, right? Um. So yeah, didn't love that one. Next, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, okay. funny. Um. See, that's in my top five. But see, I don't really want funny Thor. I kind of want like. I don't know that I'm on Earth, so I say weird shit but I don't mean to Thor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I get why it's in a lot of people's top five. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's got a lot of cool colors and the, in the uh, being on that other planet is cool. And the fight with the Hulk is cool. But the first two were not well received just because they thought it was too serious Mm -hmm. because he's this very, you know, cut above superstar. Yeah, exactly. And so they didn't like the fact that he was placed up above on the mantle above all these. So they kind of brought him down and gave him a sense of humor. And that's where people really picked up. Oh, I'm on board with this guy Mm -hmm. with that movie. And I could rewatch that movie constantly. I I totally get every, I totally get all those reasons and it could have been 
four spots higher okay. on my list, but oh, this, this is, is not. Great. Now you start getting this into is a the great nitty. surprise list. All right, go ahead. I thought I thought you'd like Yo, this. this. I kept great. this a secret I, from I'm you. I'm geeking while. out over here. Okay. All right. So let me take a swig of water. <laughs> so what are we on now? This, How many have we gone through? This will be number fifteen. Okay. This one you could quibble with. It, it certainly could be lower. I have Avengers: Age of Ultron. You know, uh, you're, you're you're not wrong. Definitely the weakest of the Avenger ensemble movies. Hundred percent agree. Um, but there's still some cool shit in it. Um, you get the introduction of Wanda Maximoff and her brother. Um, the creation of Vision. The creation of Vision. So th- that that kind of pushes it up a little bit for me. And and James Spader is just a good bad guy. Yes, he he was really he was really good voice in that character. Yeah. Um, and this is also kind of the introduction where you start really thinking about the Infinity Stones, which come into play at the end. And it's it's the beginning of the cracks in the armor of the team. Yes. So, you know, it's it's got its good parts, but I thought it certainly could have been better. Okay. Um, 14, I have Guardians 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably would have put uh, that lower. I, I think it was, I think it tried a little too hard in that one. Yep. I, I love the cast. Um, I, I, the characters are great. I think having Kurt Russell be, uh, Star-Lord's dad was cool. I like the whole idea of he's this God that basically goes to all these planets to try to spread his seed. I think that was a cool thing, but it just, there were some parts where it was just a little much. I hated that Yandu died. Yes. I, I, Mary Poppins y'all on board. I I hated that. I hated that they did that, but you know, at the time it kind of needed to happen too. To, to move things forward. <clears throat> um, 13, I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm, okay. Um, liked it. Love Spider-Man. Tom Holland, good. Different than Tobey Maguire, but I like him. Um, I'm anxious to see kind of what, what they do going forward with him. Um, I like the, the Tony Stark angle, kind, men, of, the kind mentor, of mentoring the yep. kid where, mm-hmm. you know, he's... That's the cool part about the Iron Man character where he is a conceited asshole, but he's the best kind of conceited asshole. Um, And just the fact that you get before you get to those Avengers movies, the fact that when he comes back, they actually hug in the middle of a battle because Stark is so glad to see that he's alive. Right. You know, well, he doesn't have kids at that. Well, he does in Endgame, but at the point of the Spider-Man movie, he doesn't have kids. This is so kind of like his got like this, a kid. He's a kid son. who wants to be an Avenger. He's idolizing whatever, yeah. and he's trying hard to be, you know, of use. So I like that one. Michael Keaton is just great. He was really good. He was good in that yes. as as the bad guy. I like the um the 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 dad of the girl that Spider Man's in love with, <laughs> and he doesn't good know angle. it. Yep. You know, so that that was cool. Um, Number 12, I think this movie's a little underrated. That's why it's so high on my list. Iron Man 2. I like Iron Man 2. Okay. Um, intro of Black Widow. I think that... Uh, they did that well. Yes, they did. I thought I thought that was fantastic. Um, big fan of uh, Justin Hammer. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Hammer uh, No, but the actor. Oh, Sam, um, oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam, Sam Rockwell. Yes. Great. The Mickey Rourke whiplash character, yeah. eh. he he's soft like, villain. He, yeah, soft villain. The real villain in the movie is Hammer, right? And he was great because he was such a smarmy ass wife who wanted to be Stark just and couldn't be. Would have done anything. And 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 you've got Gary Shandling 
as the, the slimy senator who is actually a member of Hydra mm-hmm. that you find out about later, yeah. and he's you know and so anti Iron Man and throws his support for Hammer. So yeah, I I like that one. I thought that was a okay. fun one. That and that's that's the first Don Cheadle roadie. Yes, which is definitely you know Terrence Howard, good actor, but upgrade Cheadle's better. Yep. Um, number eleven, I have the first Thor. I, I like I like the Thor character. I thought that that one was pretty fun. Um, it was funny, but not like belly laugh funny where Ragnarok was. I thought this one was a little little more grounded. I liked how he was, you know, he's banished. He loses his power. He's kind of got to rediscover his, his own worthiness and sure. and all of that. And, and, Natalie Portman and, and, and seeing Asgard with. Um, uh, Idris Elba is Heimdall, and, and Anthony yes. Hopkins is Odin, and I—I I mean, Rene I think Russo is fantastic. I, I mean, my favorite favorite character is Captain America. Loki's right there, yeah. Especially okay. the Tom Hiddleston this version of Loki. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a great character, so okay. I really like that one. Um, <clears throat> so, any any quibbles with me so far? I mean, there's a couple of shuffling in spots, but you don't have anything that's for probably Ragnarok. for Ragnarok right now, and that's just me because I loved the Hulk Thor. Jeff Goldblum in that role yeah. was so hysterical for me. Like, why are you handing me the melt stick? He interrupted. That's not a capital vi- like. It's kind of just- like the creepy bisexual. By ra- by special yes, <laughs> like would do anybody right, and is probably eight hundred years old, and he's and, got the plane that has a button that says it's my birthday, and he uses for his orgasms, yeah. and Thor's just like don't touch anything. Yeah. I mean, I thought that character was very was. very was well good. done by by Goldblum. So good. that's my only aside from maybe a slide or two up or down. You're you're right there. All right, number ten, I got Ant Man. Okay, I thought that was I, I really enjoyed that one. I like Paul Rudd I, again, but that's one you get. You're like Michael Douglas. I told this to Beggs. Was it last week or the week before? It's like people when you say, "Hey, we're gonna run a series of comic book movies," and here's who we're thinking of casting. People would look at you and be like, "There's no way these established actors are gonna be in comic book movies," right? And they get big names. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, yeah, in com- multiple. Comic book movies. Yeah, you never could have pegged that. No, ever not at all. So um, yes, good. That's that. That all right? Okay. I, I, I just it was funny. It was sweet. Um, the character kind of grew on me because I, it, I mean, Ant Man, Black Panther, and the Guardians. Like I really didn't have any knowledge of any. Neither of them. did I. I mean, I I kind of knew Black Panther, but Guardians I had no clue, and. Uh, Certainly not Ant Man, mm-hmm. but I really, I really enjoyed that movie. Number nine, Doctor Strange. I thought that was really good. Cumberbatch is a is a hell of an actor. I needed to see it about three or four times, yeah, to kind of just when get I re- exactly what was happening. I rewatched it about I don't know maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, and and it's 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 a it's deep. Yes, it is. It's a deep movie. Yes, but it's it's very very good. Yeah. Um, number eight, Iron Man, the first. Okay. I just I, I just love Iron Man. I, I just love the origin story. It's kind of cool how it all came about. Um, there's a lot of flaws in that movie. I'm not sure the villain's that great. I was just going to say that's another you soft know, Jeff villain. Jeff Daniels is other Iron Man. Right. Again, it's kind of like the Black Panther. Okay, well, you're the bad version of this. And, and he doesn't really have anything super spectacular about him other than just building a suit. 
Uh, it's like a bigger jumped, suit. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, I mean, he's diabolical, sure, but he doesn't have but, any. But it's the, it was the first, first one. And, and short side on that, I was very anti-Marvel comic book. Like, I'm not just going to do this. Michael actually said, you sit down with me and you watch the first half of Iron Man. And if you don't want to watch the rest of the movies, don't. But if this doesn't hook you, then I don't know what will. So I did, and I was like, sign me up. Mm -hmm. I was very, very surprised at how much I enjoyed that, and I loved the stuff. And Downey is fantastic in his short little dialogue quips. The role was made for him. Yes, completely. The the role. I I mean, frankly, in in the next one here, number seven, um, Captain America First Avenger, the role was made for Chris Evans. Mm -hmm. I don't even really personally like Chris Evans as a guy, but... He's great as Iron Man, um, I, 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 Captain America or Captain America. I'm sorry. I I, I just I love the first Avenger. Um, it's a great story. Haley Atwell. Oh my god. <laughs> can, can she just be in all of the movies? Because got her own series. Did you ever watch any of that? Oh yeah, I, I did. Okay. Um, okay. But you know, yeah, it's a it's a great story. It's very cool how it ties into World War II and the super soldier idea that was actually real Re- back then. Correct. Yes. Um. You know, and and when Captain America, I mean, that's why he was created. The original comic book was to fight the Nazis in the comics. So, uh, very cool story there. Um, number six, Endgame. Uh, I liked it. It's got a lot of holes. Um, if Captain America goes back to be with um, the chick, doesn't he know everything that's gonna happen? Like, does he just let everything happen? Well, like, how, like you know what I'm saying? They like, spent all that time talking about alternate realities, and now you've messed up you've a me- number yeah. of them because right. Loki gets the thing and then he gets away. What happens then to the Tesseract? Where did that... Well, that's got to be part of the show, the Loki show, I'm sure. I think it is, because I think that's where it... But if Captain America goes back to 1945 and has three kids with that chick, and she doesn't have the family that she's supposed to have, and Captain America... He goes down and buries her, carries her to the altar in her casket. But he knows, like... He knows when the aliens are invading, and, and I, I don't know. Like, I, it's too deep it, for me. To, yeah. but but right. But you're. It was good. It, you know, it was the culmination of the whole thing, which in and of itself makes it one of the great ones. But mm-hmm. it's just didn't quite crack the top five. Okay. Did, were you a big fan of that? I, three hours, man. That's a long movie. But but it flew for me. It did. It does. It, it, like like I am not. It an wasn't. Anti- it wasn't uh, the third Lord of the Rings long. No, I am not an anti-long movie dude. If you can keep keep me and that moved along enough where it kept me because it kept bringing in new stuff you kept moving forward and sooner or later you're at the you're at the scene where the you know um Thanos jumps jumps into the future you know a couple of years to mm-hmm. to grab, and I'm okay we're at the final battle scene already like that flew by to me yeah so number 5 uh Captain America Civil War see a lot of people didn't like this one yeah, i did i did I thought it was pretty great. I thought the 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 bringing together of everybody and and the new characters. I thought that was it, pretty cool. It it doesn't logically make that much sense, but yeah, to have the whole crew fighting and breaking you, up, you get to see and you. I just like I like the pairings of the odd people together, like Ant Man and Captain America. Or Spider Man, you know, Spider Man and Thor, or yeah. whatever it ended up being. Like, 
I, I just always kind of got a kick out of that. And, um, you know, the, the story at the end where winter soldier actually kills Tony's parents and captain America didn't know, but he kind of knew he had an idea and, and he, he never, and he never said anything against and, his work teammates. And you know, like he's put into position. So where like, he's, yeah, I wish that had been more of the fo- of the story as opposed to the, the Sokovia Accords or whatever it was. But you know, you got to see black Panther and you're kind of like, all right, well that dude's badass. You got to see Winter Soldier again. You're like, all right, well, yeah, he's still a badass too. Um, so I like that one. Uh, number four, uh, I love the first Guardians movie. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. It is amazing. It's funny. Um, you know, the characters are are great. Uh, I, I just I well, we've got I really former, don't have anything to say bad about that movie. We've got a former wrestler in there. Mm-hmm. You've got Bradley Cooper voicing a character, and I think Vin Diesel Vin does Diesel, the tree, but he right, says the same thing all the time. Doesn't do anything, but I mean, I think that Chris Pratt is very is a very very underrated actor, and I think that that heroic, dumbass, <laughs> big heart is perfect for him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just it again. That it's kind of like that role was written specifically for him, and it very well might have been. It's, it's like Deadpool for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it just kind of fits their their yes. actual real life. Well, what we think is their real life personality. It, it seems like their acting is fairly effortless. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And uh, you know the girl the, that does Gamora. Mm-hmm. Um, her name oh, escapes I, me. I, I at can't the moment. think of her name right now either. But she is. Drop dead beautiful, even as a green chick, and uh, you know, just the the different planets that they're on is cool. I always like I I'm I'm a big fan of the world building, sure. Um, so I I really enjoyed that one, and then okay. you know, uh, Yandu in all his glory as well. <laughs> Number three, I love Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, I think it's the best of the standalone movies. Um. I think th- I think of all of the individual characters. I think Captain America's movies are the best, followed by Iron Man and then Thor. Um, I, this one is particularly a favorite of mine. I love he's chasing his buddy, trying to f- trying to figure, figure out, out who he is. Who he is. Yep. Um, you've got the the Black Widow in there doing her thing. You get the introduction of the Falcon. Yep. Um, they Sam- try to kill Nick Fury. Samuel, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a it, it's a. It's kind of a, it's almost like a superhero spy movie, really, is what mm-hmm. it is. And I love spy movies. Um, all that espionage shit, just, uh, I, I get a kick out of that. And um, there's great action in that one. And there it, is. It kind of it is like, even though it's the second, I think, of the three cat movies, it kind of brings him a little bit full circle, kind of realizing all the things that actually happened while he was in the ice. Right. So, um Number two, the first Avengers is fantastic. I remember seeing it in the theater being completely geeked out that blown away. all these guys are going to be in the same movie. And Little it, did I know that we had yeah, all this yeah. to go, but I at the time it was like, this is amazing. Great villain. Yes. Great uh, alien invaders. Yep. You get to see some of the inner workings of the galactic bad guys where he, he's talking to Thanos and... In, um, I don't know what is it the Elf King or yeah, whatever it is, whatever that's um, the, the Chitari or yeah, whatever. yeah that that guy. You know, thing. you get you get a little bit of that. You start to f- understand a little bit more about the Infinity Stones, 
And, I mean, look, you, you're going to give me a Hawkeye in all his glory. I'm all in because yeah. Jeremy Renner's the man. And I, his, I I love the Hawkeye character. Doesn't have his own thing yet. I, my my favorite line in the entire Marvel universe. It happens in Captain America: Civil War, is when he's standing there with his arrow cocked, and Iron Man flies over, and he goes, "Hey, Clint," and Clint says, "What's up, man?" And he goes, "Thought you retired. What'd you do? Give up golf?" And he goes, "Played eighteen, shot eighteen. And I was just like. Yeah, that's badass, bad dude. It doesn't even really make sense. No. Because shooting an arrow has nothing to do with a golf club. Well, so unless he's just like <laughs> this with every single individual utensil on the planet, I don't know. But I just love the line. One of the other ones in Ultra is whether they're, they go to his farmhouse. Yes. And he, and I think Stark's shooting darts. And then from like across the room, he just yeah. all, he just nails a bullseye and Stark just he like breaks to him, the dart over right, and, yeah. and he just hits it so like dead center, he just, and he's like way across the room, and Stark just turns to him and he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and like, grins. What like, do you expect? Well, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right, and then obviously number one is Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, I just happened to I just watched that so one the good. other day. Um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. You get everybody in it at the same time fighting and and. I, I quibbled a little with who they chose to kill off and who they didn't, but all in all, it's it's an all-timer. It's it's the Giannis closeout game of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> it's the 50-point, five-block oh, title-winning performance. I am so glad you did this. I mean, that was, that was Nerd Corner. That was 20 minutes of Nerd Corner. That's I mean, so here, great. I, I'll, I'll let you look at the full list oh, now. Man. I mean, is there any... any... I'm going to take it home. Yeah, take I'm, it home. And... I'm going I'm to take a picture of it, and now now what you've, you've had... Oh, you, you're kicking me in the ass to go do it, because I've been meaning to do it, because over, over COVID, when I was coming in and going home... And when the girls were at, you know, at virtual school at, at, at grandma's, I was re-watching, and you gave me shit for it because I wasn't watching any of the things that you want me to watch, like the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon, some of this other stuff, and I re-watched every single movie in the chronological order you're supposed to watch it in. Of? Of these movies. Oh, these, okay. Of, of the whole Marvel universe. Yeah. And it made me at the end like, God, I should put these in a ranking. And I kept thinking about that for weeks, and I never did it. So the fact that you you not didn't, didn't even talk about any of this no. and just brought it on me, I just love the knew, fact that I you knew, did it. I knew you'd be giddy about yes, it. Yes, I totally am. The, the funny thing is I could do it again, and I think my list would be different. Because there's a little sliding. There right? is. There's, yeah, and see, and I, I would like to do this with Star Wars. Okay. I'd like to do this with Harry Potter. Oh. I wouldn't even mind doing it with The Fast and the Furious if we can find all the movies and you'd be willing to watch them. But <laughs> You're stretching it now. I, I love making these lists. Man. It's just fun, man. That's it's fun great. to do. That's a great way to wrap up an yeah, episode. Yeah, this is like... This has been one this of is the my, funnest. This is my 50-point closeout game. This is awesome. I had the Bucks won the goddamn title last night. I watched 20 Marvel movies in like a month. And rank them and completely surprised you. Fantastic. Fantastic. What a a great, great show this was. Hour and 39 minutes by the time we're done. Who gives a shit? If you have made it, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. The Bucks are the champs. Bucks are the champs. I'm 
abs, I'm, there might be a little bulge with the Marvel list. This is great. So thank you for sticking with us uh, and uh, downloading, listening. And please tell somebody to download our podcast that hasn't been uh, exposed to it. We would love to grab some new listeners. Um, maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe it'll be a couple weeks. But uh, nevertheless, thanks for being here. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you sometime soon. The Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA champions.